Welcome to another edition of SJHL Weekly. It is Jamie, it is Rory, it is Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us today. And it's an exciting time for us because the first weekend of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League regular season kicked off. Boys, how was the opening weekend? Yeah, it was awesome right across the league. Uh, me and Nugsy were in Humboldt to take uh, the Humboldt Broncos against the Notre Dame Hounds. But uh, looking across, uh, there was a lot of happy fans in the stands. There was a lot of players, you know, eager to make that first impression with their team in the first two games of the weekend. There was even one postponement. So we got, uh, you know, <laughs> some of the cobwebs out of the way as well. But, uh, yeah, just great around the league in the SJHL. Yeah, great around the league and Jeremy one of the things that I'm always so excited about and I mentioned it on the show last week is that the coaches around the league are giving young players you know 8 17 18 16 year olds mm -hmm. opportunities and they really showed up a lot of coaches I talked to said you know, this guy was even better than I thought. So, you know, great, very exciting start to the uh, to the league. And, of course, we'll get into the game that you guys called on yeah. on Saturday and, of course, the Sunday postponement <laughs> just in a bit. <laughs> but let's start with Friday as we take a look at our Sask Lotteries. Look back five games Friday. Let's start up at the Whitney Forum as the Flin Flon Bombers hosted the Melford Mustangs. You know, two teams we have definitely talked about being potential contenders this season and it appeared it was another close game up in Flin Flon uh, with the Bombers taking a 2-0 win. Yeah, you know what? Uh, not easy for a guy like Harmon Laser Hume making his debut with a brand new team and you know came in and did well in that one and um, you know really really I uh, was a big part obviously a very good uh, decor up there in uh, Flin Flon and the Whitney Forum is is an incredible uh, home ice advantage as we've talked about but uh, you know good for Laser Hume for the get the shutout right away there and get off to a good start with the Bomber faithful. I mean, you got to look at Joel Favreau on the other side, too, for the Melford mm, yep. Mustangs. I mean, he only allows in one goal, and the Melford Mustangs lose 2-0. So credit to Harmon Laser Hume. But you talk about defense, and Melford Mustangs, Flint Flon Bombers, definitely mm. two of the top teams in, 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 in with their blue line, pardon me. Yeah, yeah, lots of returning players, too, there for Flint Flon from that run. Think about Corey King, Cole Tanchuk, Lucas Fry. You know, it's a pretty good form base for Mike Reagan to start the season with for Flynn Flon up there. Well, yeah. how, so, sorry, I was just saying, how about Cole Dupro? Yeah. Yes. Gets both goals yes. in that game, and he wasn't done there yet. As well, we'll probably talk about him yeah. a little bit later. We definitely will, and and we mentioned it. Uh, we've mentioned it numerous times. The parody in the SJHL, and that is going to be a theme, I think, for that uh, Sherwood division. Uh, next matchup, of course, is and it was an exciting evening in Estevan as they had their banner raising ceremony of course at Affinity Place for their championship last year and winning the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League but the Orton Terriers coming in spoiling the party earning a 3-2 win in a hostile environment it's a good start to the season for Yorkton. Yeah, Affinity Place is always a hard building yeah. to win for the visiting team. So, Matt Heron, the Yorkton Terriers. Nugsy, are you at all surprised? Because I know in your preseason power rankings, uh, you didn't give the Terriers a lot of credit. But they come out this weekend and back-to-back -back wins against the defending champions. Okay. So, <laughs> what I'll say about that is not even Matt Hare knew how good these young kids were for Yorkton. Mm -hmm. Through the preseason, too, saw them a little bit there. You know, you think about Brett Butts, you think about Dylan Ruptash. Talk about the Yorkton Terriers. They think that their goalie, Caleb Allen, might have an even better year than uh, Caleb DeVape did last year. They're really high on Caleb Allen, the Colorado kid in net there, 4 birth year. You know, they've got a long list of good young players that they've brought in. Obviously, Pavel McKenzie slotting right in there with Sliva and Kruska uh, up top there. So, you know, just a tremendous start for a very young Yorkton Terriers team that, I didn't give them credit, but I didn't know who they had, so blame me if you want. 
Uh, seriously. I mean, yeah, you, you look at kind of the departures of goaltenders around the SJHL, Race yeah. Ramsey, Cal Shell, yeah. um, Pacenti and Kindersley's another big loss, mm -hmm. but DePape also you, right up there. Yeah. And you got to, you know, to your credit, we didn't know how they were going to replace, you know, one of the brightest young rookie goaltenders that we've seen in the past couple of years. But Caleb Allen comes in and stops 42 of 44. Yeah, and on top of that, you know, they lost Tyson Jansen, yeah. who's been around mm -hmm. the SJ forever, big minutes. You know, Parker Jasper down to the USHL too. So there's so there's so many question marks for Yorkton, but you know, Tyson Perkins is healthy. He looks like a real stud back there. And then, you know, look at Nimmo, you look at, you know, Maze, these young kids on the back end too for Yorkton. Again, Matt Hare's gotta be like, oh man, like I found something mm -hmm. here on our, on our you know, scouting group, and I'm sure Matty won't just take all the credit. Um, but uh, you know, they did a great job. They went into hostile territory, Don't over a thousand fans there in Estevan. And these young kids were, didn't look like rookies, we'll be honest. Yeah, we'll get to that second half of the home and home yep. just here in a few minutes. But let's stick in the Viterra division in Melville. It was uh, the Millionaires and the Red Wings and mm -hmm. the road team coming out on top again. Weyburn doubling up Melville 4-2, a strong performance uh, for Cody Mapeson and company. Great start for Weyburn. And yeah. one of the most underrated players yeah. in the league with two goals is Kirk Mullen. He's going to be an offensive stalwart for the Weyburn Red Wings this season. You know, they have the Ty Masons and, you know, Carter Wickenheiser, who they acquired from Nippon. Mm -hmm. But Kirk Mullen, I don't think it's talked about enough. And, and he jumped out of the gun with that yeah. one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry about that, Rory. It definitely not talked about enough. And, you know, he seemed like he had an incredible attitude last year, too. I remember listening to an interview with him, uh, Kirk Mullen, that is last year where, you know, obviously the team wasn't doing great, ended up finishing last. But he said, you know, this is a great opportunity for me to play big minutes, bigger minutes than he did in the Alberta Junior League. Uh, there with Black Falls, and he, you know he's come in again. Seems like great attitude. Scored a couple goals in that line. Ty Mason, Kirk Mullen, and the best lacrosse player in the SHL, <laughs> Matthew Gauthier, who's an NLL draft pick. Uh, that top line looks real, real good for Weyburn and Ian Meyer being healthy on the back end. They've revamped that back end as well. Three very capable goalies in Weyburn. Mm -hmm. It was Daza Mitchell. Uh, Cody Mapes assures me they're going to fix the website that uh, Cody Mape, or that Daza Mitchell did get the start, not Boston Gelowitz. They also have Dryden Ramage in the wings there in mm -hmm. Weyburn too. So three good goalies they like. A revamped decor. Great top line. It's a good start for Weyburn, no question. Yeah, we're only one game into the yeah. season for the Weyburn Red Wings, but a lot of positives yep. uh, coming out for the Wings after Friday night. Then in Kindersley, the Battle for North Stars earn uh, the 4-3 win over the Kindersley Clippers. A, a back-and-forth affair. Kindersley scored three in the second, but a late goal for Battleford. They earn uh, the 4-3 win on the road. I think it's going to be one of the top teams in the league. I think mm -hmm. everyone thinks that, the Battleford's North Stars. But I'm not sleeping on Kindersley. This is what I expected from them, to be right in mm -hmm. to games against those top-tier teams. 100%. Which is what you want to see yeah. from Ken Plaquin, from the returning players in that next step of the rebuild. Kindersley's going to be a tough out any night. Mm -hmm. I think Battleford's, you know, shown by that third-period goal that they are the better team, maybe you know, a little bit to start the season. But mm -hmm. um, I was happy that Kindersley was right there along the way. Yeah, and... Balfour did this all without Holden Dole, who, yeah. you know, will be back. He'll right. be a top center for them, for anybody in this league, is Holden Dole, one of the real weapons. But uh, you, you mentioned it, Rory, and that's the first thing that I asked Braden Klamosko, the head coach and GM of Balfour, just said, what did you think of Kindersley? He said, they will not be easy no. for anybody. That team plays extremely hard for Ken Plaquin. That's one of the things that Ken does really, really well, did since he was coaching U8 or minor hockey in Calgary is that his players love him and play and will run through a brick wall for him. 
Uh, and, and that's what they'll do in Kindersley. They, you know, they have a few pieces. They have those uh, Poplovsky twins mm -hmm. that a lot of people are high on out of the Weiwei Wolverines I got from the Manitoba League. Uh, obviously, Nate, uh, DeGraves up there, they moved up. Bangs and Mizochi are back. So there's some things to like, certainly in Kindersley in terms of talent. But Rory, you said it. They're going to run through a brick wall for Ken Black. Wouldn't be no fun to play against. Well, and then you mentioned the youth that gets uh, absorbed into the league every yeah. year. Well, the third overall pick in the SJ draft, Brock Evans, picked yeah. up his mm -hmm. first career point for the Kindersley Clippers. Another 16-year-old and a bright star in the league. Yeah, great point too, Rory. The the U18 league in Saskatchewan was pretty young last year. Mm -hmm. uh, and so guys like Brock Evans and Karsten Cater got plenty of ice time. And, that, you know, Van Blericom, who's a Humboldt pick, and... A bunch of other, uh, you know, 06 birth years got opportunity. Ash in Melford. So, you know, these guys were able to get drafted right into the NHL, SJHL draft and then go right to the league. And I think that is awesome. Awesome for the league. Outstanding. That, that, that's, that, 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 that they can do that. 100%. And finally on Friday, it was a high-scoring affair up at the Mel Hagelin Uniplex as the LaRange Ice Wolves knocked off the Nipwin Hawks. 7-4, the two teams combined for 98 shots <laughs> on goal. You have to love it. It was a high-scoring affair and an entertaining one for the fans. Uh, that's LaRange hockey, too. That he is, is yeah. They're running gun. They don't back down yeah. for anyone. And a shout-out to Kyle Schneider because yeah. tough test for him. Head coach Kevin Kaminsky, of course, suspended for the first 10 games. So, you know, in his second year as an assistant coach, Kyle Schneider comes in and uh, gets the LaRange Ice Wolves to a big win, 7-4, to four, and what was just a shooting barrage <laughs> on all the goaltenders. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Nippowin goaltender McDowell faced uh, 53 shots, yeah. uh, Nolan McDowell. Welcome to the junior SJHL. Yeah. <laughs> 53 shots. You know, that LaRange team, is they, their forward core is pretty good. I, I think if you take sleep on them, take them lightly, you're in trouble. You know, Ethan Strick and Riley Morgan, both you know, great starts to the year. You think about their top six, you know, Morgan Strick and then their captain, Walker Jerome, who's been a, a force in this league for a while, and then Cole Taylor, Ty Evans, who I talked about last mm -hmm. week, and, and Dylan Handel, who's back in the SJHL after a short stint with Melville last year. Uh, you know, again, talk about talked about teams that play hard for their coaches. You know, they play hard for Plaquin and Kindersley. They play hard for Schneider and uh, Kaminsky in LaRange. But I love Kyle Schneider. I think he's a, one of the fine, fine young assistants. Don't talk about enough great assistant coaches in this league. Yeah, lots of exciting games Friday night yeah. in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And as we continue our Sask Lotteries look back, we move to Saturday and let's stick with the Nipawin Hawks, mm -hmm. a tough loss Friday night up in LaRange, but they come back, their home opener Saturday night at the cage, and they earn a 5-2 win over the Flin Flon Bombers and played a pretty solid hockey game. Huge win for the Nipawin Hawks. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. huge. You know, they let, let in seven goals on the road, mm -hmm. always tough to play up in LaRange. Uh, it looks like they've tightened things back up in that game, too. I like the goaltending tandem of Reed Lalonde and Nolan McDowell. Got to see them a couple times in the preseason and was really impressed. And obviously, Tad Cozen was impressed enough to trade Harmon Laser-Hume to mm -hmm. the Flynn Bombers, who picked up a shutout in his win and then allowed four goals on 23 shots against the Nippon Hawks. But this was the cage hockey for the Hawks. It was. And they got it done in their home opener. Yeah, great, great point. Small ice hockey. They love it up there in the north. And it's so entertaining, right? Mm -hmm. It's so fast. Chances are coming thick and fast. Uh, you mentioned Laser Hume. Go moving on. Obviously, we've got to mention Chase Ham also moving yep. on to uh, OCN to Doug Johnson uh, <laughs> up in OCN in the Manitoba League. And, you know, very, very gratified for Braxton Bucksberger to get off to a great start, too. You know, three goals, four points. Uh, he had 17 points as a rookie last year. You know, his, uh, his, his twin brother, Boston, so highly touted defenseman out of Brooks. You know, off to the University of Wisconsin. Uh, little brother, Ronan, again, very, very highly touted young man. Another Nippowin 
prospect also, but the, the Western Hockey League very closely uh, keeping eyeballs on, on Ronan Buckberger too. So, you know, good to see him jump out and obviously his uh, his running mate. I'm sure you want to talk about Bryden Kiesman because you came in all fired up. Well, it was an exciting hockey game at the KGI. I got to take that one in. And I, I think to the way Tad Cozen played yeah. back when he was in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey yeah. League. And to me, seeing them play Saturday night, it was Tad Cozen hockey. That was the way he mm. played in the SJHL. He was a highly touted offensive player, one of the top scorers in the league. And scoring nine goals in their opening two games, you have to think if, if this is going to be the way the Nipwin Hawks play, this is going to be a very exciting team for fans uh, this season. Well, I mean, and it's, it's just a, a step to breathe for the Hawks fans. Yeah. They, they didn't score a lot of goals no. last year. No, they didn't. Right? No. So when they put up nine in the first two games, and Braden Keesman, you said he played, what was it, 21 games last year? So he didn't get a chance to really showcase to the Nipwin Hawks fans about how talented he is. Yeah. Five points in the first two games will... will uh, be that statement. Yeah, he scored uh, I believe 12 points in 21 games yeah. last year. Mm -hmm. Again, five goals, seven assists on a Nipwin team that didn't score very much. Mm -hmm. So for Nipwin, that was a good thing. You know, I watched Brad and Keesman very closely at the Regina hub, the WHL hub that they had a couple of years ago uh, with the Moose Jaw Warriors that yielded a bunch of guys that ended up in the SJHL. And one thing I noticed right away about Brad and Keesman, he can fly. Yeah. Flat out fly. You talk about maybe Cody Davis, talk mm -hmm. about Jake Southgate being some of the fastest guys in the league. I think Keesman would be right there. And then in the small ice surfaces up there, once you're once you've lost Brighton Keesman, he's lost. Like he's gone. <laughs> There's no catching him. So you know that that he he's a guy that's gonna really flourish, I think, and continue to flourish under the Tad Cozen system. And again, I, I'm always really happy to see the Nippowin Hawks fans who are just tremendous come out and get a little reward. Two more goals for Cole Dupro as well. Yeah, it's yep. it, Four goals for the Flin Flon Bombers in opening weekend, and Cole Dupro has all four. But uh, a tough night for Flin Flon, but a good night uh, for Cole Dupro. Moving uh, the second half of the home and home between the Yorkton Terriers and the Estevan Bruins. Uh, this time in Yorkton and, and their home opener, and they really built off that uh, tough road win. They came out flying, and uh, they earn a 5-4 win. Yeah, I think, sorry, I think it's a thing, too, where uh, Jason Tatarnik and the Estevan Bruins, one of his messages in practice this week is going to be, so we have to start on time. We right. have to start on time. The Estevan Bruins outshot Yorkton 36 to 16 in the third periods in those two games. 36 right. to 16. They were badly outshot mm -hmm. in the first and second periods of both games. So it's all about showing up on time. And one thing that these Estevan Bruins players are going to have to learn, guys, is just because you won the championship last year, just because you throw in that jersey, doesn't mean it's going to just come to you, right? Uh, so there's there's a lot of learning that Jason Tatarnik is going to have to put on to his guys. I think there's no reason to worry in Estevan. You know, they, they only went three for 18 on the power play, so it was a very special teamsy couple games yep. as well. So, again, hard to see exactly what it is. But, you know, kudos to the Arctic Terriers, as I said, but the Bruins are going to have to learn in this league. you got to start on time. I was going to ask, uh, panic isn't the right word. It's two no. games. Come no, on. No, yeah. no, Come no, on. Exactly, but yeah. is there a little bit of now taking a look at the roster and being uh -huh. like, okay, what can we address? Because yeah. did, did Yorkton beat Estevan at all last year? I, I think it was a clean sweep. Maybe one game Yorkton won last year against Estevan, and now they have uh, they've well, back to back. Well, to, to, on the flip side of that, Rory, the, the, talking to Jason Tatarnik and talking to Braden Klamosko as well, over the years, Klamosko's mm -hmm. had some great teams in Battlefords. Who's the one team that's given them all the trouble in the world, no matter what the situation is? It's the Arctic Terriers and Matt Terriers. Mm -hmm. They are masters at making things tough if they're the underdogs. Matt Hare coaches that so well into his guys. And clearly with Logan Sisa there, they've got incredible leadership. You know, they got Perkins up there at the back as well, kind of similar type of guy. Again, very 
you know, great, great leaders. And, and so it's a thing where, um, you know, the SFM runes are going to have to learn that they're going to have to outwork people and not outskill people. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Arctic Terriers are very, very good at playing that spoiler, spoiler role. Now let's go to the uh, other home and home that uh, took place this weekend. And the Battle for North Stars, I think, played a, probably uh, a bit more of a complete game than they did on Friday night, earning the 5-1 win over Kindersley and out shooting the Clippers 48-31. Yeah, this was the type of North Stars yeah. hockey that, uh, you know, they're getting back to their roots. You're never worried with the North Stars and yeah. their goaltending. It seems like they always have a star goaltender, but then he's gone the next year, and you're thinking, <laughs> well, what are they going to do in net? And Lowen Kenyon, uh, he's not big, but he proved with his numbers is going to be a really good goaltender. Unfortunately, he, I believe, got hurt in the first game because it was Josh Kotai that comes in, and there you have it. Another Klamasco netminder mm -hmm. only allows one goal on 31 shots. Yeah, and they put 48 on uh, Philip Swat in the Kindersley net, I guess, Brett Sweet, his time is done, I guess, in Kindersley. But, you know, certainly in Battlefords, it can really feel like uh, it's an uphill battle when the Battlefords North Stars get their league, their feet moving. They're on you quick. That's the way that Brendan Klamosko wants to play. Very north-south, very direct, very in your face, very high tempo. And they have the, the horses to do it. They're so deep. As I mentioned, even without Holden Dole, you know, it still comes at you in waves. There isn't really a line on Battlefords that you think, you know, yeah, maybe that's an, a, a shift off. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, very, very steady mm -hmm. decor. Tynan Ewart, I think, is pretty clearly number number one yeah. uh, in that decor. But then, you know, I actually asked Braden Klamosko, I said, who's number two? He said, you know, we got a whole bunch of number twos. Like, we got a stable full of number twos in Battleford. So there's a, a one, and then there's five twos. That's the way the Battlefords are right now. That's how deep they are. So, you know, kudos to them. And lots to be happy about when you start yeah. the opening weekend 2-0. and oh. right. uh, Let's go to the game that you guys uh, obviously are very familiar with because you were both calling the game, and the Humble Broncos earning a 7-2 win over the Notre Dame Hounds. Uh, it looked like a picture-perfect night at the Elgar-Peterson Arena for the home side. Uh, on the ice, it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the broadcast booth. <laughs> Not so Everything, everything was failing. The music <laughs> dropped out. We didn't have the microphone. I think hockey TV cut out. My radio cut out. It was the anthem singer's mic broke, which was actually great because then the fans, yeah. the fans got Pearson to sing. Arena yeah, that's awesome. I think I could hear Jared Sitch on the yeah. ice too. He's got a, awesome. he's got a pretty distinctive. Yeah, you like that? Yes, but on the ice, no. Yes. It was a, it was a, a great performance for the humble Broncos. They had 18 shots, I think, in the first period, but only came away with one goal 17 seconds into the game. So a lot of credit to Ashton Billsberger, the Notre Dame Hounds goaltender, mm -hmm. to keep him in. But then it was just it was too much wave after wave after wave and eventually the offense broke through for Humboldt. Yeah, I, I don't think there's too much to say. There's no reason for Notre Dame to panic. No, it's one game. Young players, it's one game. Tons. Yeah. You, you tweeted it out, Rory, before the game. I think 18 of 20 Broncos had significant junior experience mm. coming to this game. I think probably I could count the, the amount of hounds that had some significant junior experience on that one hand. And as good as some of these young AAA players for Notre Dame are and were coming in and junior B guys and prep guys, you know, it's going to be some time of adjustment for them. And on the flip side, Scott Barney's built a heavy season, mm -hmm. fast team that plays hard and in your face. And, you know, I'm not going to go too much into it, but the standard of officiating in the, in the first couple games for a lot of the coaches, not just mm -hmm. in Notre Dame and Humboldt's game, was very, very tightly called. And that happens every year, I think. Referees still trying to figure out the... You know what's good, what's not, what's a penalty, what's you know. So that'll take some time too. I think it was it was hard to get a real flow going mm -hmm. in that game for either team because it was right. one team was always on the power play, and I think Yorkton and, and Estevan was saying the same thing. But um, you know, kudos to the Broncos. They outplayed the Hounds in every way, but. 
that's what's it's gonna happen when you're you know a team that has a ton of junior experience and that much talent and a Notre Dame team that's extremely young. Well, and I know we're gonna talk about him a little bit later in the show, but another 16-year-old mm -hmm. that you know opened your eyes too. You've known him for a few mm -hmm. years, watching him go through the minor system. But Karsten Cater, uh, not only does he have the talent, but he's getting the opportunity, and it's the perfect situation with the players around him that. This maybe could be a front-runner for Rookie of the Year. I know we'll talk about that in a bit, but he just, he shone last night to me. Yeah, very impressive and nice, very, very nice situation for him mm -hmm. to be alongside a guy like Noah Barlaghi yeah. mm -hmm. right away, who's, you were talking about maybe pushing the Humble Broncos games uh, played record at some point, maybe in his career. Right. Only in 03 birth year, feels like Barlaghi's been in the league forever. But certainly for an 06 birth year to be power play one on a top team, penalty kill, penalty kill mm -hmm. one on a top team, you know, big, big minutes. I think he was certainly one of the minutes leaders yeah. in the game uh, as an 06 birth year. And certainly the Warman Wildcats uh, deserve a ton of credit, obviously being up there in the Saskatoon area, beautiful rink, tons of talent out there in Warman, which is a booming hockey yeah. community. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they produced just a ton of guys last mm -hmm. year on their AAA team that went all the way to the finals in Saskatchewan that are going to end up. Brock Evans is another one we talked about in Kindersley, who was on Cater's uh, team there. Uh, and we're going to see a bunch of them moving forward. But very, very exciting uh, to see how good Karsten Cater does. Not going to go too crazy about it, though, mm. after one game, but certainly an impressive kid. Mm. And finally, uh, one more game to talk about at the Northern Lights Palace, and it was the Melfort Mustangs uh, with a 5-1 win over LaRange. Uh, a pretty good night uh, for the home side there as well. Well, we mentioned it was prototypical Nippowin victory yeah. in the cage. This was as Melfort as it gets. Agreed. Only allowing 19 shots on 100%. goal. You get two goals from defensemen. Favreau does his job only allowing one. Uh, it's what the Melford Mustangs are bred to be. They're impossible to get secondary opportunities on. They're even hard to get first shots on net. And that's Trevor Blevins to a T. And uh, I, I think this was a nice home opener as well for Melford. Yeah, a nice home opener. Uh, you have to know that, you know, even though they, they pumped a whole bunch of shots uh, on net uh, in, the, in the game against... Uh, uh, against Flin Flon, that they weren't happy with the with the outcome. They, you know, they 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 don't give they give up one goal, uh, <laughs> and then it, the other one was an empty netter, and then they still lost. That's pretty good. But uh, you know, come home again, same thing you're saying, suffocating. Um, you know, Clark Huxley was a great ad late in the year last year uh, for Melfort. He's going to be a skilled guy this year as well, I think, from the AJ. So. Um, you know, off to the typical uh, Trevor Blevins start. Another thing we always know about Trevor Blevins, he's always going to be looking to add pieces in and out uh, in Melfort. So, you know, a, a very good start overall for Melfort. Even though they lost that first one, I think they can, you know, wash their hands of it quick and, and did a good job of it right away. Shows the leadership of a guy like Ben Tkachuk and their group that they were able to, you know, wash the hands of a disappointing start and, and get right back to it. Plenty of action in the opening weekend, yeah. to say the least. That's been your Sask Lottery's look back. And because there was so much exciting action in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League this weekend. We'll now go to your Tourism Saskatchewan highlight of the week. All of a sudden behind the net. He lost it. Now they're picked up by Nippon's Braxton Buckberger. One-on-one. -on -one. Great little move. Buckberger scores! Oh, what a beauty by Braxton Buckberger and the Hawks lead 3-0. So you can faintly hear the audio, but Clark Stork was losing his mind because <laughs> Braxton Buckberger with an outstanding goal. And I briefly, before we go to break, I want to just quickly touch on Braxton Buckberger that we just saw in that highlight. You know, we talked about, uh, obviously, his rookie year last year, but it, it seems like it's, he's poised to have a very good season for the Nippon Hawks. Yeah, and he's going to have to because uh, 
They didn't have a ton of returning players, but Buckberger's mm -hmm. one that you expect to take that next step. Of course, Nugent mentioned the talent of that whole family, yeah. and uh, yeah, he's going to need to be a key component, scoring goals to get Nipawin back into the playoffs. Yeah. And it, we'll see, obviously. We, that Sherwood division is so interesting, especially after the first weekend. All teams are one and one. Mm -hmm. So it's been a very exciting first weekend. But we're going to take a break when we come back on SJHL Weekly. Jamie and Rory are going to catch up with an SJHL alumni, that being former Weyburn Red Wing Mike Eskra. This is SJHL Weekly on all the SJHL social media platforms. SASTAL Be Kind Online wants to stop cyberbullying. Want in on the action? We award up to $1,000 for youth initiatives that help spread kindness and prevent bullying. What great idea do you have to help stop bullying? SASTAL can help. Go to BeKindOnline.com and apply for a grant today. Together, we can make a difference. Capital Auto Mall is a proud partner of the SJHL, supporting the rich traditions and proud future of junior hockey in Saskatchewan. Capital Auto Mall, on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua in Regina. Make way for the first ever Chevrolet Silverado ZR2. With Multimatic shocks, rugged 33-inch tires, and front and rear electronic locking differentials. Dude, this is awesome, but we should get back to work. Is good? Perfect. If you're gonna work remote, work remote. Find new workspaces. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Saskatchewan, you know Sastel. Because we're everywhere. Keeping you connected. To your family and friends. To your history and culture. To those traditions that make us who we are. Sastel cares, always has, always will, because we're dedicated to our home. You wouldn't take the ice without protective wear, so why would you take to the job site that way? The SCSA is proud to partner with the SJHL. Welcome back to SJ Weekly. Rory McGoran, Jamie Nugabauer, and very happy to welcome in a member of the University of Regina and former SJHL, longtime SJHL player. It's Mike Eskra. Mike, thanks for coming down. Uh, how are things going so far? Good, yeah, we're just getting ready to get our season going. We started preseason here last weekend, um, or last two this weekend, and we start next weekend in Grant McEwen. 
You want to take us back uh, before you made the jump to U Sports and just your time with the Weyburn Red Wings, five seasons or parts of five seasons with them. Uh, I'm sure you have a laundry list of stories, but just sort of your experience in the SJHL with the Weyburn Red Wings that allowed you to kind of blossom into your next career in post-secondary hockey as well. Yeah, I think I had a great opportunity in Weyburn there. Um, you know, coming in at 17 and parts of 16, um, I, I uh, obviously played there for a few years and then there was a lot of room for me to move up. Mm. Um, at 18 right away I was on the power play with the first unit and running that and we had a really good team that year. We ended up winning the Viterra division and from there there was just more opportunity and more opportunity to be, uh, step into a leadership role, um, continue on special teams, you know, really take over some young guys underneath me as well. Um, and then Weyburn was just an awesome community and you know um, a lot of the travel that we got to do too helped prepare for mm -hmm. youth sport. Um, you sport, you're on the bus a lot, right? Like our closest trip is, well, we're lucky with Saskatoon, but other than that, you know, you're looking at six to nine hours everywhere. Um, so, you know, those extensive trips up to Flin Flon and that definitely prepares you on the bus going forward. Well, you mentioned Flin Flon, so let's get into it right away here. Uh, of course, for those that don't know, last year in the finals, Estevan Flin Flon, Moose Leg was thrown, Moose Leg picked up by an Estevan player. We've been through the story, blah, 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 blah. There's a curse, yada, 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 Estevan wins. The series, so maybe the curse is broken. Supposedly, one of the members of this curse, or one of the uh, participants of this curse, were the, a series with Weyburn and uh, Flin Flon years ago when Mike was playing. So maybe tell us your moose leg in Flin Flon story. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people know what happened, and I think, yeah, we definitely had the curse. Uh, we <laughs> came back and then lost. I think I think they were selling moose burgers in the rink, so maybe that was part of the curse too. But, um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the game, obviously, moose leg gets thrown out, and... Um, <laughs> there was a, I mean, Tucker Newberger runs out there and he grabs the leg and he goes back to the dressing room and he tosses it in there and, and a few of us had already left the ice and so you see what happens in the corner there. Um, Switzer comes skating down and he gets clotheslined and everyone hops on him and, and so I was one of the first guys off the ice actually and Smart. I was in the room and, but I heard all this commotion going on so I run out and one of our trainers, he's there and he's holding one of their security guards back who's trying to close the gate on us. And so three of us ended up getting back out there because he's holding them back and he's going, go, go, go. <laughs> and so we get back on the ice and, and yeah, there's gear everywhere. And uh, I ended up at center ice with Switzer somehow. And then at the end of it, there's guys all around me. And thank, I thank God Mike Regan saved me because he came over, that was Flint Fon's coach. And he came over and he said, boys, let him go, let him go. And so I got off scot-free. Otherwise I would have been at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, you mentioned your time with Weyburn and how you kind of got opportunities, you know, presented one after another and took advantage of them. What would kind of be your message to a young player that's taking a look at the SJHL? And, you know, that's kind of your first big decision on how you want your hockey route to go. Um, that's the one you went. It ended up a long career here with the University of Regina. But uh, how are you able to explain the SJHL to maybe a young kid who's still making those decisions? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great option. Um, it's, a, it's a tough league. There's lots of opportunity. I find in the SJ, um, you know, whether you're a forward defenseman, a goalie, um, there's always areas to move up, you know, especially if you start at a young age. Um, especially if you're trying to go the college route, obviously, mm -hmm. everyone knows about that. And, and um, so guys really push for that there. Um, but you can't count out U Sports. Um, since I got into this league, it, it is so underrated. Mm -hmm. um, the players that come into this league are very skilled, fast, um, big and strong. And especially if we only play 28 games, you got a lot of time in the gym, right? Um, there's a lot of good dub players that come here and a lot of guys that move on. Mm. You know, we've had a lot of guys who are playing over in Europe now. Um, a lot of our guys, a few of our guys, two of them now are playing in the East Coast starting this year. You know, so it's a, it's a great league and it's definitely something the guys shouldn't count out. Um, but yeah, the SJ just, I mean, take every opportunity you can. Mm. Yeah, and including 
U of R England version, Guildford. It feels like Guildford. Uh, it seems <laughs> like U of R somehow they go to Guildford. I don't know. Anyways, tell us about how the U of R looks this year. Obviously, Coach Johnson uh, had, a, had a bit of a project here to try to build it into a competitive team in Canada West. And it seemed like you guys took a great step forward last year. So talk about how it looks coming to this year. Yeah, I mean, much of the same. Um, we're going to be we're going to be built defensively, I think, and uh, we're really working from the back end out. And um, you know, we're trying to put the puck in the net again. And, and we lost some key pieces and have some key pieces coming in. Um, a lot of our bottom end guys from last year, they're going to stand up, play some big roles, play some big minutes, and they're looking like they're uh, ready for the challenge. So, and then back in net too with uh, you know Curtis Meager. Um, Adam Evanoff, and we picked up a former Red Wing, Joe Young, as mm -hmm. well. And so, you know, back in the pipes, we're looking pretty strong as well. So I think you can see a lot of uh, what came last year. Yeah, and you, you mentioned a bunch of names that you're familiar with. You know, another element that people think about playing U Sports here in Regina, whether it's here or at U of S, is you can be with guys that you know real well, and it seems like there's a really good core of Regina guys. You know, a lot of Estevan Bruins alum. I don't know how you get along with them, but obviously <laughs> Eric Pierce and Eric Houck you know, going straight there uh, from last year. And obviously Austin King Cunningham is there. And the list kind of goes on. Tyler Adams, kind of a mini, mini SJHL legend. But the list kind of goes on uh, of uh, SJHL guys, Regina guys. You know, talk about the familiarity and how much fun it is to play with your buddies too. Yeah, well, I guess I'll start on the Weyburn Estevan thing. Like <laughs> somehow me and Dylan McCabe are the only two Red Wings here. Well, and Joe, Joe Young. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, so we get it from those guys all the time. But it's good banter. It makes it fun. And uh, um, you look at how many guys are local, how many guys played uh, with their pack Canadians right I mean last year I think we counted there was at least 10 of us that played pack Canadians you know so um, it's really nice to be able to build on that chemistry that we've had before and 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 really see where each other have, have gone you know we started playing with each other anywhere from six years old to some of us not till we were 15 but you know through those years you didn't get to maybe see guys through junior and now you come back and you play all together and it's it's a lot of fun and it's you know it's funny we don't miss a beat Mike, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, best of luck moving through the preseason, of course, in the regular season with your now fifth year with the University of Regina. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Very there excited. was Mike Eskra, and we'll take a break. When we come back, we will foreshadow way too deep in the future and a couple more year-end award picks next on SJ Weekly. Capital Auto Mall is a proud partner of the SJHL, supporting the rich traditions and proud future of junior hockey in Saskatchewan. Capital Auto Mall, on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua in Regina. take the ice without protective wear. So why would you take to the job site that way? The SCSA is proud to partner with the SJHL. Coming in again, There was a time when safety in hockey was an afterthought. Thankfully, times change. This is not the reality anymore on the ice. It shouldn't be here either. The SJHL is proud to partner with SCSA to spread the message of safety to help ensure that today and tomorrow are as safe as they can be. 
When you buy a lottery ticket in Saskatchewan, your money really goes a long way. More than 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups receive funding from Sask Lotteries every year. Get red and ready with Case IH and Young's equipment. From Case IH combines to Macdon headers, Young's carries all the best in new or pre-owned harvest equipment. With field-ready, industry-leading equipment and highly dedicated service staff, we're here when you need us most. Come experience our award-winning service for yourself and visit youngs.ca to find your nearest Young's Equipment location. Boost your efficiency and your bottom line with Young's Equipment and Case IH tractors, including the cutting-edge Puma 150 CVX and the Maxim 145 with best-in-class efficiency. Check out the Case IH lineup today at Young's Equipment. Back to SJHL Weekly, a great chat that you guys had with Mike Escrow. Always great to see the SJHL alumni, and he's having some great success here at U of R. Yeah, it's great to see all the U of R guys here do well. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the U Sports option, guys, it's been said for mm -hmm. a long time, one of the real underrated options for, for young guys. You know, a lot of guys think NCAA, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, first of all, you get great education here in Canada. You get to live near close to home, maybe, and just great hockey, too. Uh, before we get to uh, more early season predictions, we have to get Rory's from last sure, week yeah. because he wasn't here. But uh, let's briefly just touch on uh, the game that was supposed to happen yesterday <laughs> between the Humboldt Broncos and the Notre Dame Hounds. Um, obviously, if uh, you're paying attention to the SJHL social medias, the game was postponed, but uh, kind of a tough situation for the Notre Dame Hounds, Jamie. Yeah, a couple, couple injury situations and then... Uh, couple goalies busy uh, in terms of affiliated players and then uh, you know with the way that the uh, the, the high school down in Notre Dame that the, not enough players were registered enough to to have them carded to play in a junior a game right now so uh, basically you know we just couldn't find a goalie so you know gracious uh, of the commissioner to uh, to do that and for Scott Barney and the Broncos to be okay with that too and they'll play the game I believe March 14th I believe was the yeah. date uh, way deep in the future. <laughs> so uh, there you go. But uh, the Hounds, uh, you know, they, what, what can you say? Uh, there you go. <laughs> well, when it, when it, when it, it first fun. was reported, I was like, you're joking, right? Like, you can't, you can't be serious. I, there's 300 kids in the school. How do they not have, how can they not find one goalie on no, their list? Right. But you did explain it that it was just, uh, you know, a comedy of errors or circumstances where they yeah. just couldn't. Yeah. They, if they would have been able to find one, they would have played, right? Oh, it, wasn't yeah, like, it wasn't like they were trying to be like, no. whoa, we don't have our two starting netminders. No. Uh, if they would have found one, they would have would have played. And, oh yeah, and you just certainly. Yeah. Brett yeah. Pilkington, the Hounds GM, was trying every yes. single possible avenue to to make this happen. It wasn't some sort of shifty, fun, <laughs> funny business. Uh, it just literally was was a gong show. So did they get moved to the last game of the season? Is Something that, like that. Is yeah. that now the March fourteenth? Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. yeah, right around the end. Yeah. 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 I think they probably made that date a date for like make any sort games. of makeup yeah. because of course covid and everything yeah. <laughs> makes us sensitive to weather and travel sort of right thing. sometimes weather travel we live, we live yeah. in Saskatchewan yeah. folks yeah, yeah for sure but uh, now let's get to our early season predictions before we get to the new ones for today we have to get Rory's from last week because uh, you were busy golfing i was so 
Let's get your predictions. Let's start with your top scorer in the SJHL this year. Who do you think is going to uh, finish out on top? First off, my prediction is I'm far away from getting the PGA Tour card. Mm, uh, I found yes, that out last, yes. last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Very right. fun, but as long as you not had sure fun. if I'm going to crack it. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, my top scorer, um, a lot of players jump out to me, but one that keeps circling back is Flynn Flon forward, Jaden Mercier. Mm. He's been, um, you know, in my opinion, their most talented forward over the past couple years. He's been with them now for four seasons. He was kind of slowly brought in, and now he's going to be, I think, that focal point of the offense. He's got more speed, and, and his hands put that combination together, one of the top five in the league, and, and he'll be in the top five scoring. Will he be number one? I'm not sure, but he's a good bet for me. But that's what we're trying to do, Roy. We're, try we're trying to predict the top score. Well, so I'm, is he your top score? Yeah, he's my top score. Okay. He's All my right. prediction. He's yeah. the top he's score. He's my prediction. All right. Yeah. Well, then on the opposite <laughs> end of it, who do you think is going to be uh, the top goaltender? Uh, I'm going with Nugsy on this one. I think uh, there's a consensus favorite, yeah. and it's been Joel Favreau of the Melford Mustangs. Playing behind that defense core and in that system as well is only going to help him. Um, I, you know, he's going to have some nights where he doesn't face a lot of shots, which is difficult for a goaltender mm. as well. You know, if you allow one on 10, it's only a 900 save percentage now. But I think he's the best goalie in the league, mm. and I think Melford are one of the best teams. That combination is going to be a, a, a good proponent to help him win goaltender of the year. And I should say, and I want to throw in, and I didn't mention it in the recap, one of his real competitors for that spot is Cam Herdlicka with the Estevan yeah. Bruins. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a bunch of pucks went in on Estevan in those first two games. I am not concerned about Cam at all. The way those pucks in, lots of turnovers, three-on-ones, mistakes by the Bruins. Cam didn't look that bad at all and maybe saved their bacon on a couple situations too. So I think Cam is going to be fine too. Well, and at the end of the day, it's, it's, two, it's, games, it's two games into the yep. season, you know, it's two games. We'll yep. see what happens. You know, give it a month, and then we can kind of have the talking points, uh, to say the least. Now let's get to these new predictions. Sure. Let's start with after, you know, who you, uh, you guys have seen a couple of games so far this season. Who do you think is going to finish as Rookie of the Year in the SJHL? Well, I mean, this is very unusual territory here, right. Jeremy, because okay. me and Nugsy are actually going to agree on something. Wow. Yeah, we are it going hurts. to agree wow. on it. But it's because we saw um, we saw what Karsten Cater did. I'm not sure when the last time a, rook, a rookie defenseman has won Rookie of the Year. It oftentimes goes to, you know, the top point producer. But And it's not just the talent for Karsten Cater. It's the opportunity he's getting. And you saw that he... I think he led the ice in minutes last uh, on Saturday for the Humboldt Broncos. He's 16 years old, number one power play, as you mentioned. Penalty kill, tons of five-on-five five time. Playing with Noah Barlogi, who's another offensively gifted defenseman. And then that forward group that, uh, that Humboldt has. I think Cater, at the end of the season, you could be looking at 40 points as a rookie defenseman, and that's tough to argue for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to take Karsten Cater to all those reasons you mentioned, and I think it's a perfect combination of a young player who's extremely talented, He's well insulated on a great team. He's got a great partner in Noah Barlaghi who can play both as an offensive guy or as a supporter, give you the puck and do in the right areas and do the right things. Um, and, 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 and I think also it's just a, a thing where he's a guy that can be a real shining star for this league. I really, we, It would be good for everybody in this league for Karsten Cater to succeed, mm -hmm. for someone that young that is, you know, let's be honest, if Karsten was more interested in the in the dub route, and I don't know anything about that, but he could very, very well be there with the sure. talent level he has. And again, we have to go back to those Warman Wildcats AAA. What a great job they did developing kids. Uh, and Karsten's one of them. Obviously, there are other you know options that, that could explode. Uh, you know, a couple older guys especially. 
Uh, you think about a Dylan Ruptash in Yorkton, who's so, so exciting. You know, Cole Taylor in LaRange is off to a great start. He's plenty of junior experience, junior B experience, but the way the rules work, certainly. Still a rookie. You know, a rookie yep. and, a, and an important player for them. And, um, you know, one name that I'll throw out there for Notre Dame is Jacob Legey, who I think is going to really, really turn some heads. But I think right away, or early on, it's hard to form an argument against Karsten Cater. Well, how nice is it for him as well? Uh, you look at the Humble Broncos defense and, uh, you know, Chase Lacombe, Dalen Weagle back from the WHL, Noah Barlogi, mm -hmm. a champion in Damon Byers. Karsten Cater gets to come in and not only play with them, but absorb what they right. know. Yeah, right. it's a very no, good point. True, yeah, and yeah, good. That, and it can't be can't be emphasized enough. Great team around him. Yes, and that that'll be that'll be great for him. We saw that right away. But also, it's not just a thing where they got a great team. Scott Barney clearly trusts him. Mm. And I got to give a shout out to Austin Cardell on Facebook. Love he Austin. agrees. Always. That doesn't happen often that you two. Agree on something. And, um, I know uh, our friend Clark Monroe also agree, agreed saying, are pigs flying that the fact that you guys are agreeing on something? So uh, we'll see if uh, that trend continues. Don't get used forward. to it. Don't, Don't get, get used, used to, to it. it because no. I, think, I think our next topic, yeah. I think you guys are going to disagree on. Uh, defenseman of the year. Jamie, do you want to start on this one? Sure, yeah, and I'm going to go with a guy that maybe doesn't jump off the page at everybody, but right. I think that there's a monster about to emerge, and his name is Leighton. Holine in Melfort, six foot six, 190 pounds. And we saw it a couple times last year where Trevor Blevins took off the training wheels on Leighton and let him run, let him roll. Rome going forward, obviously he's so big, he makes, takes up so much space in the defensive zone. He can do it in all three areas of the ice. And you know, again, I think we talked about it with Cater playing on a very good team. Holine plays on a, a very, very, very good team. And Holine had 20 points last year in 45 games with a couple guys in front of him in that in that lineup. I think mm -hmm. it's just going to keep exploding. He's their top defenseman right now. He can do it all for the Melfort Mustangs and a great system team. And um, So I'm going to go with uh, Leighton Holine, a big fan of his. All right, Rory, what about you? Yeah, I, 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 again, it's opportunity and, and it's system for me. And when I look at who's going to be the defenseman of the year, I'm going to put it on who I think is the best team of the year. And it's sure. Tyne and Ewart of the Battlefords North Stars. Uh, he gets all the opportunity to jump into the rush. He's a great skater, great shot. His gaps are on point. He knows when to jump in. He has the trust. He'll get the minutes, the power play of Braden Klamosko. So those are all intangibles that I kind of look. I mean, 32 points in his rookie season, mm -hmm. third in defensive rookie scoring last year he was fifth in defensive scoring in his first year in the league so uh, I just think he's going to take that next step I think the team around him is going to have his point totals go way past 32 you're looking at close to a 40 point guy as well and uh, Tyne and Ewart yeah. on the Battlefords North Stars I think everything stars align yeah. he's going to win it yeah and I, I love the and it's a great pick Rory and I love the way that Braden Klamosko plays in that it's really five men involved both offensively mm. and defensively with Battleford. Tyne Ewart has license to to get right up in front of the goalie if that's what he thinks is going to help Battleford's and very responsible. He's got lots of responsible guys with him, you know, Tanner Gold, uh, you know, Jordan Grill. These are very responsible defense and Wilson Steele. So Battleford's, again, they're, they're a great five-man unit every time they're out there, and that's going to really help Tyne Ewart. You mentioned mm. system, and that's great. Uh, other options, obviously, there's, we're blessed with great D-men in the league this mm -hmm. year. Obviously, the one D-1 NCAA committed, Jared Sitch, 
Uh, I think he's going to be an absolute monster. Tyson Perkins and Yorkton, kind of the heir apparent to uh, Perkins Tyson is a, is, is a sleepy pick. Yeah, That's sleep a sleeper Tyson pick, Perkins. man. Yeah, I like that one. Great pick. Obviously, Noah Barlaghi in Humboldt, who's been around forever and will do a little bit of everything. I think play a lot with Karsten Cater. Should be very interesting. And Liam McInnes and LaRange maybe is another option, too. Was the pun intended when you said stars align for Ewart? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, or was it unintentional? I'm going to take credit for it. All yeah. right. <laughs> I'm going to take credit for good. it. I'm glad you are because that was very good and I know it was <laughs> Unintentional. It was good. Uh, finally, this one's going to be a tricky one. Uh, how many teams from last year that didn't make the SJHL playoffs do you think are going to make the playoffs this season? And you can say just the number, yeah, or you could say the teams that you want to say too. But how many of the four do you think uh, get back to the dance this season? Newtie. <laughs> well, this is where we yeah. make enemies. <laughs> yeah, this, this frenemies. Well, that's Let's why. I mean, you could just say the number. Right. Um, man, I'm going to go with... It's a tough one. I'm going to go with one. Okay. Be not because the teams aren't better, because I think all the teams that weren't in the playoffs last year got better. But right. I think I think it's the problem is the teams coming out is the problem, yeah. right? So it, it's not a slight against anybody. I just think that the team that has the guys who are maturing at the at the right moment to slip in is the Melville Millionaires. Um, so hate me if you want, Cody Mapes. But... Can't make friends with everybody, Rory. Uh, Rory? I mean, so you got Kindersley, you got Melville, Nippowin, and Weyburn, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, one. <laughs> one. <laughs> I, I knew he said it, though. I mean, you look at the yeah. – I think if you broke it down into tiers, and, and it's, it's too early to really tell, but I right. think no one will argue if you put Humboldt, Battleford, Melfort, Flinflon, maybe in that top tier. Right, but then you have the Bruins. You know they're going to be dangerous. They lost the first two games. Oh well, right. But Estevan Yorkton had a great start. Are they for real? We really don't know. But I don't see three or four of these playoff teams coming out of the playoffs. Yeah. I, ju I just that's, don't. That's my bigger. That's I'm, my bigger issue. Is I'm not who's saying that, fall out. Yes, I'm yeah. not saying that these four teams yeah. are not going to be fighting mm -hmm. and and they're going to be putting everything on the teams that are in. But I just I don't know who's coming out. Yeah, and the, the thing is, like, those four teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, you know, despite some of the results, like, for example, in Kindersley, like, they, they showed improvements mm. yeah. this weekend. So it's going to make it very interesting. And I, I think to add to that with this, that you mentioned, Jamie, that speaks to the parity. Yeah. But also that also speaks to the importance of getting off to a good start this season. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and you hear it uh, in every league, every, by every commentator, a game at the beginning of the year or two games at the beginning of the year, are actually worth the same amount yeah. of points, yeah. are just as meaningful in terms of the standings later in the year. And if you miss out by a game, two games, you could think, oh, we've lost those games at the beginning of the year. So, you know, obviously there's space not to panic, but these games are always important. And that's one of the things that makes the SJHL so beautiful is that every weekend you and me and Rory will have mm. lots to talk about because it's the suffocating parody in this league. And what's going to be easier to yeah. predict than which team is going to go into the playoffs and which team falling out? I'll guarantee that from 6 to 10, all those teams will be fighting for the final three spots mm. come the start of March. In I'm, the com final I'm comfortable saying 6 to 11, yeah, 12. Yeah, exactly. In the final three games of the season, oh. you, could ha you could have people falling out and coming in. That's just how yeah. close I, was gonna, I think that race rate is. I was going to agree with Jamie. I think 6 through 12, the way it's shaping. Well, again, it's only a weekend yeah. of the season. Yeah. Everyone looks pretty good so yeah. far. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you could argue 6 through 12. You will see how the games play out. Um, when it, let's put a bow on opening weekend. Mm -hmm. What is your, I guess, your biggest takeaways from opening weekend? The people should have more goalies. 
people should yeah, have more yeah, goalies. Teams should have more goalies. <laughs> that's that's my takeaway. There you go. Yeah, I saw some uh, angry Humboldt fans on uh, social media. <laughs> you should make Notre Dame forfeit. <laughs> And I'm like, thanks. It's fine. very nice of you. Uh, these are kids. Uh, let's, you know. We'll play 56. Don't worry. We're, we'll move it down the line into yeah. March. Uh, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's early. Uh, yeah, that's, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, my biggest takeaway is that you can't really take anything away from it. Right. I, fair. I, I think that's that, a fair point. I think that's it. Uh, you saw, what was it, six teams at one and one, and everyone was beating each other. Mm -hmm. You know, LaRange beat Nippon, Nippon mm -hmm. beat Flinflon, Flinflon beat Melford, Melford beat LaRange. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well. We're back to have talking about the parody of the league, and it was evident yeah. in, in the first week. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, uh, that was sort of the thing that I was going to say. But the other thing that I'm going to say, and I said it earlier, is that we keep seeing coaches trust young kids yeah. to succeed and put them, in to, put them in positions to succeed. Don't throw a, a kid to the wolves. But if there's a kid who you think is mature enough, don't say, we're going to give it to the, the opportunity to a 20-year-old because he's 20. And that's the way forward for the SJHL, I think. And so, you know, take nothing away from the 20 bombs. Love them dearly. But great, great, great to see young kids. You know, Jacob Legey, first line. Karsten Cater, big minutes. You know, Brock Evans playing for Kindersley. You know, Ty Mason, big player for Weyburn as an 05. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. I'm so excited for that. All right, well, the opening weekend has come and gone, so let's talk about, uh, obviously, an off night in the SJHL tonight with no games, but two games on the schedule tomorrow. Estevan visits Nipwin, and Jamie and the Notre Dame Hounds are going to be at the West Central Event Center in Kindersley. What do you guys expect from those games? I expect a goalie to be in the net for Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's suiting up. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I'm I'm really interested for Estevan. I know I said yeah. it's way too early to panic, but yeah, of course, Nipawin with that win they picked mm -hmm. up over Flinflon. Mm -hmm. This is a game I'm looking at. Like, okay, Estevan, are you gonna shake off the first two? And I'm also on the Nipawin side. This is a tough test for the Hawks, but Very. they want to kind of come out of of the gates and prove, hey. Last year was an anomaly. We're going to be back into that playoffs this year. This is a huge game for them. Agreed. Yeah, and I think, you know, for Notre Dame and Kindersley, two teams that, you know, had to deal maybe with getting shelled a little bit mm. in that in the first couple games. Obviously, the first game with Kindersley, they were right in it with Balfour's. Second one didn't go their way. And, of course, Notre Dame with a rude awakening there in Humboldt about what junior hockey and a good junior hockey team looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, again, take nothing away from Kindersley. They're, they're not the same level right now, I guess, as Humboldt. So it'll be a situation where a lot of young players on Notre Dame get an opportunity where they maybe can feel like a little bit more themselves, get out there. They say, you know, the, that game against Humboldt was in the past, and, you know, let's move forward. And for Kindersley, they had, you know, one game where they pushed one of the top teams in this league, which we talked about that depth. And so it's two young groups trying to find themselves there in Notre Dame and Kindersley, and often that turns into a great one because it'll be a little bit more juice in their in their in their veins because they feel like you know Kindersley will feel like they can beat Notre Dame Notre Dame can feel like they beat Kindersley and that's usually the best matchups yeah i was going to say for the Notre Dame Hounds you pretty much have to throw out that saturday yeah. game mm -hmm. and just pretend like it didn't happen and and move into your tuesday game against Kindersley and just Start over, essentially. And one game you have to pretend it didn't happen, and one game just didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent way uh, of yeah. putting it. Uh, oh, go sorry, ahead, go ahead, Jeremy. No, no. Um, I was just going to say, when you look ahead to the weekend, though, on Friday, it's, it's rivalry weekend coming yeah, up, right? Yeah, You got LaRange and Flinflon, you got Estevan Weyburn, and you got Humboldt Melfort. So another uh, trio of awesome games across the SJHL next weekend as well. And uh, just going to Wednesday, too, 
There's three more important games. Jamie's going to be in uh, Battlefords as Notre Dame takes on Battlefords. But then we get to see Weyburn against Yorkton. Obviously, uh, Yorkton swept the opening home and home with the Estevan Bruins, and Weyburn had that impressive win. That should be a pretty solid matchup in the Viterra division. Two undefeated teams. Yeah. Too early yeah. to say that? No, it's, well, <laughs> no, it's not too it's early. Fact. It, that is a fact. <laughs> Yeah, and those are two teams that, for it seems like to me from the outside, great leaderships, mm -hmm. leadership groups in there. Matthew Reddy with uh, with Weyburn, Logan Sisa in Yorkton, and and two guys, two two groups that are coming to this year very clearly with chips on their shoulders and trying to prove to the world that they're much better than the pundits are giving them credit for. And you mentioned like a preseason ranking, which I was sort of not forced. I was happy to make <laughs> uh, like really early in August, right. maybe August something, sure. where it was like, I don't know who's really coming in for this and that, just sort of based on returning guys. Uh, but those are two organizations that I've, that I've heard from say, hey, we're better than you think, and, and not mean-hearted or anything, but no, no, no. just the way it is. And so those are two teams that went into opening weekend People maybe didn't give him enough credit. I definitely people didn't give Yorkton credit enough credit going in mm -hmm. against Estevan. Mm -hmm. People thought Melville was gonna ready to be ascendant, and then Weyburn spoiled that party at the Horizon Credit Union Center uh, on the road there. And so the Weyburn Red Wings, Yorkton Terriers, two teams with chips on their shoulders. It could be a messy, physical, aggressive one. And if you're in Yorkton, get out to Westland Arena. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It is gonna be a lot of fun. But let's let's touch on that point briefly. Just what Rory made this Friday night. It is honestly, it is rivalry night in the SJHL. Larange visits Flinflon, Estevans and Weyburn. You know, Balford hosts Melville, not so much. But then Humboldt visits Melford. Like, talk about. Four great games ahead of the SJHL showcase that displaying, you know, three really good rivalries. Yeah, and you're going to want your players in the showcase, but when you put up, you know, your hated rivalries, back-to-back yeah. -back games going into the showcase, you know, you know they're going to be tough. You know they're going to be physical. Uh, these are the ones that fans circle on the calendar. I know from, uh, you know, living in Humboldt, working for the Broncos, when Melfort is in Humboldt, mm -hmm. uh, you you know you get 40% more fans and you get people because they just hate the Mustangs right so <laughs> yeah. it, the bat and must and Melford travels well yeah to Humble, oh, Humble travels well to yeah. Melford so you get it in the crowd it's just a great time it's a great experience and um, yeah every every since I've been here five years ago that's one game that I circle is Humble Melford yeah certainly not a hard one for you to sell yeah. to the uh, no, no, no. fans <laughs> and it's and two great teams as you mentioned and and again I, I've been talking about Weber and a bunch we had Mike Esker on so let's keep the theme you know mm -hmm. Jeremy I do even better than me the <laughs> hatred between those two communities oh, yeah. is a is a beautiful thing for the neutral there and and Cody Mapes and his crew in Weyburn want to prove that they are not the weak siblings of mm -hmm. that uh, that highway rivalry 39 rivalry, right? Uh, they do not like each other, and it's not friendly. It's not a bunch of chums. They do not. It's mean. So it, it's very interesting. I'm also very interested, you know, to to see Larange. Are they for real? Can they go into the Whitney Forum and get a result there against a Flin Flon team that uh, that maybe had some uneven results? You know, didn't play badly, but can they score goals? Uh, Larange will give you some scoring opportunities. So not a bad time for Flin Flon to to break out, and it's always good at the Whitney Forum. Melville's got a busy, busy schedule. They Good do. grief. A couple yeah. of games and then right into the showcase. Yeah, and that is where you will find us next, and that is the SJHL Showcase, where we will have two episodes of SJHL Weekly, one on Monday and one on Tuesday.
Tuesday, so we are leaving our home here at the Cooperators Center uh, for a little bit, but we do have to give a big shout out, obviously, to the Regina Exhibition and Association. Outstanding venue. I know we touched on it last week. It's unbelievable to come in the rink, be able to do the show here, you know, each and every week until our new studios are built. You can't ask for a much better backdrop. No, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. No. And, uh, you know, obviously yeah. thanks to Mike Eskra, too, who yeah. took time out of his day to come and join us. And his uh, University of Regina team will be back uh, in action soon, so make sure you go check them out, as well as all the SJHL hockey across the league. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I also want to shout out Spencer Kennedy in the comment section, friend of nice. the show, former LaRange Ice Wolf. A great dude, a great uh, great player for LaRange that nobody wanted to mess with but could also <laughs> have pucks in the net. So uh, there you go. Thank you to everybody who they're out there listening, tuning in. Uh, make sure you comment, like, subscribe, uh, the SJHL and all the spots that you can. And we need to thank our sponsors, of course, Absolutely. too. Chevrolet, Viterra, RBC, Sastel, the Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Direct West, of course, Tourism Saskatchewan with the highlight of the week, SAS Lotteries, and once again, the Regina Exhibition Association mm -hmm. for allowing us to have this show. Like Jamie mentioned, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on TikTok, any other social medias that uh, have popped up in the last week <laughs> since we talked about it. Uh, make sure you like us, follow us, and uh, that is where you're going to stay up to date on the latest in the SJHL. For Jamie Nugenbauer, Rory McGoran, my name is Jeremy Corrigan, and this has been another edition of SJHL Weekly. <laughs>